The law is the one is only liable to Korban Oliver Yoyed when he makes a Shavuah Sa'edus falsely if the testimony which he was requested to give would be the cause of that person being able to collect money. Somebody knows that there's a pair of witnesses who witnessed him, for example, giving a loan to somebody, and he demands that they, and they, he asks them to give testimony, they deny that they are witnesses, and he demands a shavuah from them. If they make a shavuah in that case, since it's regarding a loan, they are the ones causing him, by making their false claim, not to be able to collect the money, and therefore they are, they are considered to be causing him the loss of the money. And we've seen over the past few Mishnayas three implications of this rule. The first one is that if the witness is an invalid witness, such that even if he would give testimony, it wouldn't be accepted in based in, then when he denies being a witness or having known about the event at all, he would be exempt because anyway he wouldn't, his testimony wouldn't be accepted. So by denying it, that's not the thing which is not allowing this person to collect his money. Anyway, he's a false witness. Anyway, he's an invalid witness. The second implication is that if there are other witnesses who would also be able to testify for this person to allow him to collect the money, then when this particular pair of witnesses deny being witnesses, that's also not considered to be causing that person monetary loss, because he can just go to the next pair of witnesses and get them to testify for him. That's the second implication. In the previous mission, we saw a third implication, and this mission is a continuation of that, and that is that it needs to be a monetary loss. So, for example, if he is requesting that they give testimony for him in order for him to receive the double payment which a thief needs to pay him. Or let's give a better example. There are certain cases where the Torah obligates somebody whose animal damages another person's possessions. For whatever reason, the owner is not considered, the owner of the animal is not considered to be totally responsible. So he doesn't actually owe money for the loss. However, the Torah says that there is a fine upon the owner of this animal. He has a fine to pay for half of the value of the damage. But this is considered to be a fine. It is not in order to cover the loss of the, or even half of the loss of the person whose possession was damaged. It's purely a fine upon the owner of that animal. Just the Torah said that the fine needs to be paid to the owner of the person whose possessions was damaged. But it's considered to be a fine. Testament, a uh, false claim of Shavuasa Eidos regarding that would not obligate one in a Kamenolivyeyeid. The laws of Shavuasa do not apply to there because it's a fine. The payment is not in order to cover the loss the monetary loss of the person who demanded that they make a Shavuah. And this Mishnah gives a number of examples where there is no monetary loss. If the person says to the two witnesses, I demand that you make a Shavuah, if you don't come and give testimony for me, that I am a Koyen, or that I'm a Levi, what difference does this make? It means that this person would be able to collect Truma. There are certain gifts which go to the Koyanim. If he is established to be a Koyan, then he'll, able, he'll be able to gain lots more money, lots more food, which is monetary benefit, by collecting Truma. Or a Levi, he can collect Misa, which is the gift which goes to a Levi. Or if the person was a Koyan, but he was assumed to be the son of a divorcee, that means that his father, who was also a Koyan, married a divorcee, which is forbidden. And the law is that when a Koyan marries a divorcee, any children which they have will be disqualified from being regular Koyanim and they won't be able to collect Truma. 
Or she'ain't been chalutza. The kain wants him to testify that he is not the son of a chalutza. A woman who went through a process in basin known as chalitza. She has the same status as a, as a divorcee, at least midrabbanon. And therefore we're discussing the same case, essentially. In all these cases, one could look at it as a monetary loss. Though by the witnesses not testifying, they're causing him to lose money. But this is not the case because they haven't yet got that money at all. They have no claim on that money yet. It's just that if you were to testify, then they would gain a new ability, a new claim to get some money. That's not enough because they haven't yet got that claim. It's not yet considered to be a loss. In addition to that, even if they are established to be Kleanim, they don't have a monetary claim to the truma. The farmer who separates his produce, he can decide which claim or levy to give the truma and meiser to. So even once he is established to be a claim, it's not definitely true that he'll be able to gain more truma and meiser. It could be nobody is going to give him the truma or meiser. And therefore this is not viewed as a monetary loss. And the next few examples of the Mishnah are to show that the law of Shwasa Edus only applies when the person himself who wants to collect the money, he is the one demanding the Shavuah from the witnesses. But if somebody tells the witnesses, I want you to testify, She'ish Pleini Kayain, that somebody else is a Kayain, She'ish Pleini Levi, that somebody else is a Levi, or She'ein Ben Gerusha, that that other person who is a Kayain is not the son of a divorcee, She'ein Ben Chalutza, he's not the son of a woman who received Chalitza in Beistin, or She'onas Ish Pleini as Bitoi, I want you to testify that somebody forced another person's daughter to have relations with him, and so he owes that other person money to compensate, or that he seduced, he convinced his daughter to have relations with him. Even though we're discussing monetary loss there, it's not that person's monetary loss. And the law of Shrasa Edus only applies if the person who wants to collect the money, he is the one who is demanding the Shavua. Alright, now the last two cases of the Mishnah involve a exemption of Kimlebujabminei. Kimlebujabminei, as we saw in the previous Mishnah, is a rule that if somebody does something which should really obligate him to pay another person, but when he does that, he also becomes liable to a much more severe punishment. For example, a death penalty in Basin. In such a case, he is not liable to the smaller punishment of paying money. And therefore, if somebody asks the witnesses, I want you to testify, Vishachobibini, that my son injured me and he caused me to bleed. In such a case, the son is liable to the death penalty, so he won't owe him money, and therefore there won't be the law of Shuasa Edos, or or somebody else injured me and he caused me to bleed. In general, that's not a death penalty, only if one does it to his father. However, if one causes someone to bleed on Shabbos, he also violated Shabbos, and that warrants the death penalty. Or if he says that the other person set fire to my stack of grain on Shabbos. So he violated Shabbos and he's, vi- he's liable to the death penalty. And so he does not owe me money. And therefore the laws of Shavuot wouldn't apply. The witnesses would be exempt even if they falsely claim and swear that they are not witnesses. They would be exempt since the case does not involve a monetary loss. Mishnaches, on a similar note, If the person tells the witnesses, I demand a Shavuah from you, If you don't come and testify for me, That so-and-so said, and it could be he even swore, he accepted upon himself, to give me 200 Zuz, to give me a certain amount of money. And you were there, you witnessed him, accept upon himself to give me that money. And he hasn't given me that money, and I want you to testify that he accepted upon himself to give me the money. Says the mission in this case, Even if the witnesses make the Shavuot Sa'idas falsely, they'll be exempt. 
And now the Mishnah says the big rule, which we've been giving so many examples over the past few Mishnahs, because one is only liable to sh- for violating a Shavuasa Eidos, he's only liable to bring a Korban for doing that, if he swore regarding testimony, which was a monetary claim, that this person wanted to collect money which was owed to him to cover a loss, money which was, if he doesn't collect it, it will be a loss for him. Only in that case does the law of Shavuas Eidos apply. And this is learned from the Pesukim, Kapikodain, like a deposit, if somebody gives something to somebody else to look after. We're going to see in the next Perek, the fourth type of Shavuamid Eiraisa, is an oath regarding somebody who denies having someone else's item with him. But as it may, it's learned from the Pesukim, from those laws, to the laws of Shuasa Eidos, and we learn from there this rule, that Shuasa Eidos only applies, the liability to the Korban, when you make a Shuasa Eidos only applies, in a case of a monetary loss, and we've seen several, several implications of that. Nevertheless, it should be noted that certainly it's forbidden to falsely claim that one is not a witness. Apart from the fact that if you are a witness, you are obligated to give testimony, it's also certainly forbidden to swear falsely with the name of Hashem. So he certainly violates Averus, but the liability in terms of Shuasa Eidus only applies in a case of a monetary loss. Mishnah Tess, if the person tells the witnesses, I demand you to make a that if in the future you know testimony regarding me, if you end up being witnesses or something, that you should come and give testimony for me. And after he told this to them, they indeed became witnesses. For example, they saw him give a loan to somebody, lend somebody money, and he asked them to give testimony, and they denied being witnesses. Now, they didn't make a shavua. And there's only significance in their false claim based on the demand for the Shavua. That's the unique law which was introduced in Shavua Sa'edus. Even though they themselves are not making the claim, excuse me, they're not um, swearing, the very fact that they're making their false claim after the person demanded that they make a Shavua, that in itself makes them liable. The question is, in this case, where the person demanded that they make a Shavua before they became witnesses, would that be enough to make them liable? Says the Mishnah, no. Ha'ele Peturin, they would be exempt from Indonesia because the demand for the oath proceeded, it came before they became witnesses. And it's learnt from the Pasuk, the Torah says, V'shoma k'il olav hu'eid, that he hears the voice of the person demanding that he make a shavua, and he is a witness. That implies that at the time of the demand for the shavua, he is already a witness. So that is the source for the law of our Mishnah. Mishnah Yud, another law which is learnt from the fact that the Torah says the who aid, that he is a witness, we learn from there that the person demanding the Shavuah needs to know that that person is indeed a witness. He doesn't just go up to a random person and say, I want you to make a Shavuah that you're not my witness. It has to be that he knew and he claims that you are indeed a witness. You, you witnessed me giving the money, lending the money to this other person. And therefore I want you to come to testify for me. But in a case where Omar Bevesa somebody stood up in the middle of the shul, for Omar and he announced to everybody who was there, I demand a Shavua from any of you, that if any of you happen to know testimony on my behalf, and you happen to be witnesses, that you should come and give testimony for me. And a few of the people there indeed claimed that they are not witnesses. 
And we're talking about a case where, let's say, we found a pair of them who are witnesses, and they made a false claim saying that they are not witnesses. Just like in a regular case of Shwasa Eidos. But the Mishnah says, Hayal Peturian, they are exempt. Why? Because they are only liable if the person who demanded the Shavua intended for them, and he understood that they are his witnesses, and that's why he demanded them to make a Shavua. But in a case where he had no idea that they were his witnesses, and he just told a group of many people, if you happen to be a witness, then you should come and give testimony on my behalf, then the laws of Shavuos Eidus would not apply. And once again, this is learned from the Posuk, which says, the who aid? He is a witness. It implies that you have to know that he is a witness. But if not, then he would be exempt from the liability of the Shavuos or Eidos.